0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the Kent Spitfires One Day Cup podcast. The show is brought to you by our One Day Cup partner, W.W. Martin. My name is Cameron and for this episode I'm delighted to say I'm joined by a guy has established himself as a key man in the Kent side since his move to the county in 2019 and with this season captaining the county on many occasions. So I'm really pleased to welcome to the show Mr. Jack Leaning. How are you doing Jack? I'm brilliant mate, how are you? I'm great, well... Just from what we've been speaking about off air, I think this is going to be a wonderful episode and <laughs> very enlightening to people at home. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, it could be a long half an hour, couldn't it? It could be, but no, I've I've got good confidence with this. How are the guys feeling? We're recording this just before not tomorrow. How are you guys feeling?
1: Pretty confident, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've obviously had quite a, a good last couple of games on a few pitches that have suited us quite nicely, and I feel like we're starting to build that kind of confidence that. The boys said that they had last year when they, they obviously won the competition, so hopefully we can keep that going tomorrow. Yeah. Um, pretty similar side, I think, and obviously going to be a good wicket back at home, so I think you, we should be good.
0: And uh, your form at the moment is looking pretty good. How are you feeling yourself?
1: Yeah, well, it's about time I showed up, really, isn't it? <laughs> I've had a bit of a, an up and down season this year, which is a bit, a bit frustrating, but yeah, it's, it's always nice to start contributing and, and certainly contributing to wins, so... No. I've enjoyed the 50 over format, it's one I've not actually played for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, down to various reasons, but I actually played a bit of it over in Sydney in the winter, mm-hmm. got back in the swing of it, um, and I've actually really enjoyed doing it this year, and enjoyed the challenge of the captaincy as well.
0: So who are you playing for in Sydney? Sutherland. Sutherland. How did you enjoy that? I love it.
1: Yeah. I've been out there five winters in the last eight or nine years, something like that. Oh really? Regular, yeah, regular there, Great yeah. fun. Yeah, awesome. It's It's an awful, awful place to spend... Three to four months of your winter, there's bet, beaches, yeah. golf courses, and a little bit of warm weather. And oh. then obviously cricket, the main reason. You
0: I feel terrible work for work. you, yeah. No, <laughs> horrible. Okay, let's take you back then, to the start. Where did you grow up? How did you get into the game?
1: Uh, well, contrary to popular belief, I was actually born in Bristol. Mm-hmm. So my old man was a footballer, played for Bristol City. Nice. Um, luckily <laughs> didn't pick up the accent there, because I moved on to York when I was about six months old. Um, and then spent the majority of my life there, growing up, playing a lot of cricket down at Heworth Cricket Club. Probably owe a lot of my early memories of cricket down there with my, my family and, and friends and spending a hell of a lot of time down there, really.
0: Yeah. And who was it? Was it was it your dad? Was it another family member, friends that got you beginning into cricket?
1: My first proper memory of cricket is probably in my, in my granddad's back garden. right? Um, him just throwing a tennis ball at me and, and me trying to whack him over the fence as many times <laughs> as I could, to be honest. And then as I got slightly older, probably about four or five, my dad took me down to Heworth, and I never really left for the next 10 years, to be honest. Um, It's been good fun.
0: If I say Derwent Red, what does that mean to you? Or the Derwent Arms, is that right?
1: Yeah, the Derwent Arms is a pub in a village called Osbowit just down the road. Uh, And I'm pretty sure they were one of my sponsors for a few years at Yorkshire. Um, So I remember having to give a couple of shirts to them. Back and in the day.
0: How did that feel, kind of being... Because doing my research, it was like uh, 14 friends is reported to be who sponsored you. How did that feel, getting that support from the locals? Did you know them personally?
1: Yeah, I knew quite a few of them. Quite a lot of my mates um, lived in Oswellwick, and I used to kind of I used to play football for them years right. ago. So I actually went in the pub quite often. So as soon as they started sponsoring me, I was more than happy to take a couple of free pints from the pub <laughs> as well as part of the deal, which is quite a nice
0: nice touch. And also you mentioned there that your dad was a goalkeeper coach at York, but also a player himself. I saw that you were also a player. Is this right? How did the decision come between cricket and football? At what age was that as well?
1: Uh, I was probably about 15, 14, 15, something like that. And I was um, on the academy at Sheffield United as well. And to be honest, it was a conversation that I had with my dad. I, I always enjoyed both. I probably... Enjoyed football a bit more, but I was a little bit better at cricket. Right, and it was—I remember it distinctly. It was a real honest conversation with him because I kind of posed the question that it was going to be quite tough to do both, and he just sat me down and went, "Look, you're not a bad footballer, but you're a little bit overweight and you're a little bit slow for football. So I think cricket's probably the one for you." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we ended up on the road down cricket. um It was probably a bit right to be fair. And, I think that's probably still the case now. Well, well you,
0: you've done very well with that. I remember my mum when I was seven telling me I was never going to be David Beckham, and me... That must have been heartbreaking. It's taken me...
1: Are you over it now or not? No, not at
0: all. Oh, I I'm still surprised. think there's a chance, actually.
1: That's tough to take from your mum, that.
0: Yeah, she's never had that belief in me as a footballer. <laughs> that, to be fair to her, I never played a game, but I just thought I could be.
1: Oh, so you never even give it a crack?
0: Well, I did it at school. I got winded, and that was about it for me. She maybe had a point, then. She maybe had a point. We'll move on. Okay, so when you were at Yorkshire, you were involved with many Rose's derbies. And I would I would probably say that is the derby in county cricket. But I would like to know what Kent rivalry you think is as close to one of those.
1: Um, It's a tricky one because our derby is, is Essex. But I would say there's always a little bit more niggle in the game when we play Surrey from a playing perspective. Mm. So, but... Again, you probably cop a little bit more abuse from the crowd at Chelmsford, but I reckon I would probably lean towards the Surrey one.
0: See, on that, you've kind of opened up a door for me, because I was going to ask it in the second part, but talking about playing Surrey, uh, I'd like to take you back to last week, and it looked like you may have waved off Mr. Rory Burns afterwards, after he was dismissed. Is there a story there?
1: Um, (laughs) Me and Rory have had a couple of niggles at each other in the past, none more so starting from the catch, I took off Joe Everson this year in the champo which he was a little bit disgruntled by which definitely carried, mm. by the way but he's just never quite let it go unfortunately. Right. Um it's funny that I'm still in his head rent free that he still has to bring that up every time we play against them ever since but now there's always a little bit of a bit of niggle between us and I actually quite like that to be honest <laughs> yeah. it's it's good fun I think that's how the game should be played. Absolutely. You should have a little bit um little bit of chat with the opposition and a little bit of banter and mm-hmm. yeah, luckily uh I managed to get in Rory's bubble that day and he played nicely but chewed up a few balls and then missed a straight one and it was actually Hammy who sent him off. Uh, it wasn't me. Hammy told him to, off you, off you go. And Burnsy thought it was me and came back at me. So I just kind of waved him off and told him to jump on his bike.
0: I love this. Okay, <laughs> Going back to the Rose Derby 2017. I don't know if you know where I'm going here. I hope so. Liam Plunkett running into bowl. <laughs> against Slanks obviously in the Rose Derby in the Blast tell me about that catch
1: Um, I'd love to say that it was spectacular catch but in all honesty it was a very simple catch that I just got very wrong but then got very right
0: right yeah (laughs) and it looked spectacular
1: he he obviously hit it very flat and Lane was bowling pretty quick so I thought I'm probably gonna have to come in and dive forward for this and quickly realised that I'd completely misjudged it and the rest is history really just kind of it was one of those ones. You kind of bit of a panic, jump back, and luckily it stuck in my hand. It was actually my my fiance's mum's first game of cricket she'd ever been to, and she was sat ten rows behind where I was fielding, oh. which is obviously good, probably got me on a, yeah. a good step in. I'd be lying if I say I don't watch it back relatively
0: often. I do. So <laughs> uh, um, right, how did your move materialise then from Yorkshire to Kent twenty nineteen I believe. So obviously. From the outside, you were playing well regularly for Yorkshire, and then it was, a, in my eyes, a major scoop for Kent to bring you down here. But how did that come to be?
1: Um, it was probably one of a little bit of frustration on, on my part. I'd kind of been in and out of the team a bit, uh, down to my own form, but as a younger player, probably slightly reluctant to look at it that way at the time. And a piece of me through my. Well, I, say I should start off by saying I never ever saw myself leaving Yorkshire when I was a kid. I always dreamt of kind of playing there, hopefully getting caps, hopefully trying to captain the club one day as a as many young kids who grew up in Yorkshire aspire to do. Mm. But yeah, things kind of started to to break down slightly. My my own performance started to falter, and it was around the time that Brookie was coming through as well. So, me and him were kind of almost chopping and changing out the team together. And it was it kind of came from a contract meeting I had earlier in the season where Yorkshire were kind of umming and ahhing what they were going to do contract-wise, which kind of probably a bit naively on my part, took me a little bit by surprise. And it was kind of after that meeting, I, I, kind of, I remember ringing my dad in the car on the way home and telling him what happened. And we had a real honest conversation about it. And he said, look, he, he managed to give me the, the benefit of it, his advice from a footballing perspective where it's obviously much more cutthroat than the one that we're in and quite choppy and changey as a player. And he said, I think it's time that you, you actually take a big risk and go out and, and make a name for yourself elsewhere which I was really daunted at to start with. But as soon as I got my head around it, I was actually really excited. And the irony was we played a championship game here not long before I had that meeting. Wandering around the city and just thinking, this feels really like York. A lot of cobbled streets, a yeah. lot of similar shops, the high streets, very similar. And I'd always enjoyed playing here, whether it be a second team game, whether it be first team cricket. And it just kind of, as it was, one of Kent, one of the teams that, that came Amen. in for me came down and spoke to the club and just ultimately felt welcome when I walked in. I think that the benefit of a move as a player is that sometimes when you're at a club for so long, they maybe lose sight of the fact of what you're good at Mm -hmm. um, and maybe just start to pick up on the things that you're not doing so well. Whereas when you go through the process of speaking to other teams, it's... um, it's a really nice process, because they go and tell you what you're good at again. <laughs> they, see you, they see you batting here, they see you filling in this role, they see you doing this, we really like this about your game, and you think, "Right, this is good, I'm going to keep doing this for a little while, <laughs> it's, it's good fun, it just pumps your tyres back up again. But I instantly got a feel for the club, as soon as I met Paul and Walksy yeah. and Bilbo, and I knew straight away that, that this is where I wanted to be, really, and the other clubs that I'd spoken to were, were quickly relevant.
0: Well... As soon as you made that decision and came down here, it was almost instant success. Obviously, that second game, two twenty, and yeah. I guess you couldn't have imagined such a great start like that. But I want to take you back to the 2021 Blast campaign because that was, I think for me as a Kent fan, my first real memory. I know we won it back in 2007, but I remember us winning a trophy. First time in 14 years. I would love for you to take us almost right through that process. So what it was like playing during the campaign, how was the squad feeling? And then, let's get to the final. So first, that campaign, what can you remember about it?
1: It started off as a campaign, from memory, we get beat by Somerset first game, I think. First game of the competition.
0: I think I was here for it.
1: Yeah, really early on. Mm. It's just one of them games where they, they played better than we did. Um, and then we, we just kind of found ourselves getting on a bit of a run. Um, and I think T20 is one of those games where momentum's huge. And just by the nature of the players we had available at the time due to a few injuries and things like that, we had a very settled team. So people got very used to their roles. They got used to, to batting with each other. The The bowlers bowled in a very similar pattern each game and it became almost rhythmical every week. And the more we played, the more confidence we gained. And it just got to a stage where it was a borderline arrogance as a team that we were going to walk out there and we were going to win it. And it didn't matter what the situation was because we had full belief that no matter how the game panned out, somebody would win us the game mm-hmm. and that wasn't as players kind of putting the responsibility on each other, it was very much a when it's my time i'm going to do everything that I, I can to to move the game forward, but it was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. you saw how much each other uh, we were enjoying each other's success, and the games just backed on and backed on and the irony was Somerset beat us twice in the group, and then we obviously had the COVID game, which the uh, two games which the lads who came in Won one of them against Middlesex, which ended up getting us a home quarter final, which was another big step in that. And then obviously finals day, we kind of just carried on and and had a bit of a blinder.
0: Well, okay, so you've got us to finals day. How is that as a player? Because it's such a great day for us fans. How does it start? Do you go up the day before? Where do you stay? Here's a question. Do all the squads stay in the same hotel?
1: No, so... A lot of the time when you play in Birmingham, you stay on Broad Street, right. which is obviously one of the biggest strips for a night out in the country. And whether it be by luck or design, we weren't staying on Broad Street for that week. Maybe that was a bit of a genius idea from the club <laughs> to stop us having a couple of quiet beers the night before. We were actually in Solihull, 45 minutes away, in a village hotel. So oh. we, the boys were a little bit disappointed by that, <laughs> because obviously whether we won or lost, we were, we were going to either celebrate our win or, or drink through our sorrows. So yeah, we ended up staying all the way out there. But we went up the the day before, all the partners came up. It was just a really, really relaxed atmosphere to say what was kind of coming the next day. And as a player, Finals Day's class, it's, it's outstanding, it's, it's exciting, but as soon as it gets that bit closer in the morning, there's a few nerves. But I thought the best touch that actually happened in the lead up to the game, it wasn't any of the prep that we did, it wasn't any meeting that we had, it was the night before the game, an envelope slid under the bedroom door, which I thought, strange. I I actually thought someone was at the door, went to go and open it. And there was a, a letter in it. And it was, Walksy had written everybody in the team a handwritten letter talking about how well they'd done in the campaign, how well you'd done everything that they'd asked of you, and actually how to just not even bother about tomorrow. Just go and do everything that you've done before. And whatever happens, we should be proud of the way that we've done and how we've come together as a team. And I was actually, I, I don't usually struggle sleeping the night before a game, but I was kind of lying awake in bed. And I read that, fell to sleep straight away and woke up just so full of confidence. But for me, that was a sign of of how well walks he knew everybody and how much he cared about the team, which is what he portrays onto us and makes us feel nice and, nice and calm going out there. So for me, that was one of the biggest things that, he's done as a coach. Just that, that one letter and everyone was was different. It wasn't the same letter for, for everybody. Um I thought that was an incredible touch from a coach the night before.
0: Honestly, that's great. Love to hear that. Okay, so how did you find the final of, of the Blast playing Somerset who, as you quite rightly said, we've had this kind of topsy-turvy record against. They normally quite like us. And then we went out and pretty much demolished them. How do you remember, what were your memories from that game?
1: Um, just that we kind of struggled a little bit to start with. Obviously, Actually, you know, Zach and Deebs got us off to a lovely start and then they clawed it back a bit with the spin in the middle. And we always knew that somewhere around 150 would have given us a chance. The pitch wasn't as good as it, it usually is finals day and obviously it, was, it had been used for two games prior and then the first innings of ours. So we knew if we could get up to some sort of reasonable score we, we'd be right in the game with the ball line nine that we had. And obviously we were probably slightly below par and Coxie and, and Steve-O just turned up. I mean, Coxie, we all know the player that he is now and how much he's moved on since that day. But the way that he played and coupled with Steve-O at the other end just gave us that real momentum shift at the back end of the innings. I think we got about 40 off the last three overs, which took us to what 165, 170, I think, which is a massive score on that wicket. And the boys were just full of beans, full of confidence, going out there off the back of what Coxie done. Coxie was obviously swanning around, (laughs) loving life, and thinking, "How good's this?" And then I thought one of the biggest turning points was when Dennis got Tom Banton out first over because he'd smashed us, and I think had a pretty decent record against us in the last few years prior to that game. So when he when Bobo stumped him that first over, it was that everyone's looking round, thinking, "We're doing this, like this is happening," and it obviously quite unfolded quite quickly after that. Mm-hmm. Um I think we run won, won by what 30 or 40 runs in the end. But mm-hmm. with them being so far behind, seven, eight down, it was a quite a surreal feeling. You kind of stood on the boundary thinking, we've as good as won this and there's eight, nine overs left here. Yeah. So as you you do as a player, you kind of relax a little bit and you kind of take in your surroundings. I was quite lucky for the majority of it that I was fielding in front of the, the family and friends, which was really, really nice. But then Fielded a couple of overs in front of the hollies and obviously there's what, ten thousand in the hollies who've been on, on the beers all day. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that sticks out for me that I'll never forget is there was a bloke dressed as Ronald McDonald and he clearly had a decent day. He was he'd probably had a couple too many already. And he was clearly feeling himself. I think he maybe been on the camera a couple of times. And there was a group of people around him singing. I've never seen Ronald neck a beer. And he obviously lapped it up by everybody. Necked his pint. Everyone's thought, are oh, you to do it again? Started singing again. I've never seen it. He went again. He did four pints off the spin. Fell over the chair in front of him and carried out by his mates. <laughs> <laughs> this was at the back end of the final. And you know when you think this is... Is this, this while you're fielding? Yeah, this is while we're fielding. <laughs> So I'm kind of half an eye on the game thinking, I need to make sure I'm switched on in case it comes my way. But I'm also thinking, I wonder if Ronald's finished that third pint. (laughs) (laughs) Stood behind me, but I'd love to know he ended up the next day because he looked in a bit of a pickle in the stand.
0: Well, if you're out there, Ronald, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) I I love the idea that you had one eye on on the final that's going on, but also something that was a lot more important to you at that point, it seems. Yeah, No, I I like that.
1: You've got to take in everything on a day like that. The atmosphere and the crowd and everything are what make a a big final like that. And when it gets to that sort of stage and you can actually enjoy it a bit it's quite nice as yeah. opposed to feeling the pressure of making a mistake and and those those 10,000 people behind you all yeah. baying uh, for blood a little bit
0: okay so we've won the final can you give us a tale from the celebrations afterwards one that i've got written down here is airable uh
1: th- there wasn't particularly anything untoward that happened apart from us just having a lot of beers right um, we actually got kicked out of the dressing room quite early which was a bit frustrating and obviously we'd all had a couple of beers already um,
0: who kicks you out of the dressing room? what's well, happening afterwards?
1: Uh, I think it was somebody either from Warwickshire or the ECB and I think I took it upon myself to say just calm down like <laughs> just won a final and she thought I said something much more offensive to her <laughs> Right. Which I obviously didn't no. mum and dad have stood behind me Mrs is next to me. I had to send her a bunch of flowers and a bottle of wine the next day because she was, she was really offended by what she thought I'd said. But no, it was, it was just a case of... The, the best bit of any final afterwards is having your family and friends in the dressing room, singing the team song together with all the family and friends in, Robbo leading the song, which again epitomises somebody like him, the, the biggest character in the dressing room that he was, and then just straight into town. It's just the the celebrations in the dressing room are the best bit, though. You you don't really want them to end after you win a final.
0: Ah, would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, especially when you were talking to that lady. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, since then, you tell me, but I feel like as an onlooker you've grown into your role here at Kent. Obviously, you've been captaining a lot recently in either Bilbo's absence or in Denley's absence in in this one-day cup. How have you felt? You know, You've come here, Yorkshire guy... Joining a new club, like you say, you feel settled, but you've been given the responsibility now of being captain. How How does that feel for you?
1: I've loved it, to be honest. It's As soon as I came down, I really felt at home. I think when you go anywhere new, whether it, regardless of, of what kind of line of work you're in, I think you have to immerse yourself fully in the, in the new environment and make yourself available for everything and, and just buy into what the culture of the new place that you're going is, and that's no different in cricket, I don't think. I'd always kind of said if I was going to move clubs... I wanted to move somewhere far away so I could kind of really almost sort of just renew myself a little bit and, and really focus back upon it. Um and I, I just love the boys instantly, a great group of people, some belting characters on and off the field. And like I say, the you always want to earn the respect of your peers in a new dressing room and obviously getting a, a double hundred second game that hopefully helps. went yeah. a long way to doing that. But I've always tried to be someone who's a decent person first and try and get amongst the lads and and do what I can to to pick people up and, and make people be the cricketer that they know they can. And, and that's kind of been the basis of my sort of captaincy, I guess. Um, I'm very much a believer in the team comes first and you can't win any game of cricket without the collective buy-in from a lot of people. Yes, you need a bit of Maverick every now and then from people to, to get you out of tough situations. But yeah, I've always thrived on the... Responsibility of something and and trying to get the team out of tough situations and win games of cricket and I feel like since I've come here I've been offered that and I've been mean, given the responsibility I've obviously bowled much more as well just mm-hmm. something that I always wanted to do at Yorkshire but just down to the makeup of the side there wasn't that opportunity for it so I think that that's helped me kind of become more of a permanent fixture across the formats as well even if I um I've not quite scored the runs that I would have liked. But I've just loved it ever since I've come and I feel like that's allowed me to be the best version of myself again and I'm really happy that the club's brought that out of me.
0: That's great. So what do you think our chances are for the remainder of this one day cup? Like you say, we've got knots tomorrow. I think there's two more games after that before the end of the group stage. How are you personally feeling for our chances?
1: Brilliant. I think we've got all bases covered as you go deeper into a competition. We've obviously got Dennis coming back fit hopefully for Sunday, which is a massive boost and people like Gilly who've been out for the season now coming back in and, and playing really well. Young bowlers like Jaz Singh bowled really, really well the last couple of games. As we start to play on a couple of used wickets and some outgrounds, we've got plenty of spinners. And pretty much all the batters have scored runs at some point in the competition as well. So the lads are certainly full of confidence and hopefully that transmits to when we get out on the field tomorrow and, and for the rest of the competition.
0: No, we look forward to seeing it. And I guess last one for this section... For you personally, what are your ambitions going forward?
1: I want to have success and win things. Ultimately, that's why we all play sport, we want to win. Mm-hmm. So I want to win trophies and across all formats. From a personal perspective, I'd love to win the 50 over comp because that would mean that I've won all three. Yeah, And I'm not sure there's too many cricketers on the circuit at the moment that would have won all three competitions. So as a personal amb- ambition, that's mm-hmm. right up there for me, but... I just want to win things. Yeah. That's, that's all I've ever been that focused on. The the personal things are brilliant, but there's no better feeling than, than winning a competition with a team of of people that you've had to fight hard with throughout the season.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. As you can tell people, like that's just the first half. This is going to be a great second half. Stay tuned where we ask Jack some interesting questions that have been sent in to him, but thank you very much for your time so far. It's been brilliant. Cheers.
1: Hi, it's Jack in here. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, and haven't quite fallen asleep yet. I'd just like to thank our sponsors for the episode. We've got WW Martin, which are our major sponsor of our Men's One Day Cup team. We've got Black Opal Travel Group, major sponsor of our Men's First Class team. Shepherd Name, which is actually a pretty good drop as well. Our official beer supplier, major sponsor of our Men's Vitality Blast team, and of the Spitfire Ground, St Lawrence. FGS Plant, an official sponsor of Kent Cricket barrett's motor group our official training kit partner castor our official kit supplier bayless executive travel our travel partner and our charity partner for the 2023 season porch light join me after the break while i answer some of your questions that you've sent in from home
0: welcome back to the kent spitfires one day cup podcast i'm joined still by mr jack Leaning. i'm very much excited for this what we've been speaking about before that we've got a load of questions for you i'm very much looking forward to your answers let's start okay i have one here from Ellie C from canterbury
1: <laughs> <laughs> i wonder where this one's come from yeah
0: where's this one come from what is your favorite karaoke tune and can we have a slight demo
1: See, I know the one that she wants me to say, because I always sing it when it comes on on the radio. But if say, if I have to do an initiation song or something like that, it's yeah. Oasis Wonderwall.
0: Okay, wonderful.
1: Um, which I've done at a few different initiations, but the, the one that I've never actually done, but kind of I need the music on and a bit of a practice to remember the words, is Tiny Temper Pass Out.
0: <laughs> that is super... <laughs> that is brilliant honest, yeah,
1: I, I haven't done it for a while but I, I need a little bit of practice but when it comes on in the car it's always full volume and I try and sing the words I probably get half of them wrong to be honest but
0: honestly that is that whole album I know word for word because I was you. about I was about 11 or 12 I love that album Pass <laughs> that was brilliant anyway that's awesome okay uh, Harry from Canterbury you mentioned it briefly but what is it like when you're captain of Kent
1: it's good fun. You've got to take the rough with the smooth sometimes, and I accept that you're going to get things wrong, which I think is the biggest key to, to captaincy. And like we kind of touched on before, I try, I try. It's it's very much a democracy. It's not a it's not a dictatorship or anything like that because I don't claim to have all the answers, and I'll try and get as much information as I can from a lot of the senior boys in the team. But, but I actually, also speak to the younger lads as well because just because they've only played a couple of games don't mean that they might be up. Coming up with something that's incredibly valid, but yeah, it's it's been good fun. Try and, and give people as much responsibility as I can, and try and create the vibe that we're together as a team through the the good and the bad. Really,
0: ah, super. Finn, aged only eight from Ashford, who's the best golfer in the Kent team? Oh, that's a good one.
1: It was Stevo. Okay. Obviously, he's not with us anymore, so it pains me to. Oh, actually, it pains me to say, but probably Zach. Really? Yeah, Zach and Coxie are very similar. Right. Um, but I reckon Zach's probably just got him covered. We okay. played around, at, coincidentally, me, Coxie, and Zach at, at Zach's course, Royal Ports, earlier on in the summer. I'm not a bad golfer, but they're miles better than me. Right. Zach was five under through four holes, got two eagles and a birdie. And Coxie was three under with three birdies, and I think I was about six over with three doubles. And I just kind of stood there thinking, I'm not, I'm not I'm having a bad day, but these are on a different level to what I am. Sitting. It's actually quite
0: good to watch them play. People that are so talented everything. Yeah. Horrible. Um, seeing as Finn was only eight, I'd like to ask you a bit about the Junior journo stuff that we've just been having at Kent, because I've noticed a lot online that you've been answering a lot of their questions. How impressed have you been with them?
1: Incredibly impressed. Yeah, I think, first and foremost, just the, the confidence that the, both the lads that have had have done it so far, and especially the lad who interviewed me after the win against Middlesex, So I think the intention was for him to just ask a question, and then we'll cut, and then ask another question. And he rattled off five questions on the spin, having kind of lent on my answers as well to answer the next question, without any takes in between. Without, and I was just stood there amazed. I think the boys here are going to have to be careful, to be honest. Touch and go for their jobs in a couple of years if he carries on the
0: way he is. I'll be honest, (laughs) I'm I feel threatened. I'm worried. Yeah, yeah. In a few years, I'm worried, (laughs) Freddie. Okay, so I hear you're the cards man here.
1: Yeah, so, do a like game of cards.
0: Yeah, so when I guess is this primarily when you're traveling or at a hotel way? When when are we having the cards being played?
1: Whenever it rains, we travel or we're in a hotel,
0: right? Pretty um, much. Who is the most keen? Who's the worst at it?
1: So we play a game called nomination a lot, okay. which is quite generic around the county circuit for whatever reason. Coxie's good. Walksy likes to think that he's good. He, he classes himself as being in the Champions League of the Cards players. <laughs> never wins, always finishes second or third, which I mean, yeah. it is. But if you're never going to win, what's the point? Oh, true. Which we always let him know, of course. Coxie they like say, is a, is a good Cards player. Joey Everson, again, wins once in a blue moon and gets on his high horse about it. But whoever loses the previous game has to score the next game. And I reckon Joey probably scores 75% of the card games we play. So,
0: but would you rather be him or Walks? Because at least he has one some.
1: Well, you, you are right. Walks is, I can't remember the last time Walks he won a game of cards, to be honest. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, at least Joey gets over the line a couple of times. And Dennis is pretty good as well, actually. Right. He, he's, just, he's always there and thereabouts. He very rarely scores. <laughs> so that's always a good parameter of the way you're playing.
0: Okay, I hear you love a barbecue. Is this correct?
1: Yeah. It's, especially when we get a day like today, I'm pretty confident I'll have it on later on tonight.
0: All right. And what is your favourite thing to be cooking on the grill?
1: Uh, I like a steak. Yeah? Yeah. Either some steak or maybe some lamb chops, I reckon. Okay. Nice. Very, very nice. Generally the one who, unless we have the barbecue here, if we have it elsewhere, I tend to to put the barbie on and get the boys round. i a bit of team social in the garden, get the family and the girls together, which is always quite nice as well. Mm -hmm. We're obviously away quite a lot during the season so there's not much opportunity for us to to get together with all the families which is actually really nice when it happens because there's a a really good group of girls here as well. They're all good friends. A lot of them come to the Games. So let the kids run around and cause havoc in the garden, chase the dogs around and uh, while the the lads and the girls sit and have a couple of drinks and a a couple of snags on the barbecue.
0: Awesome. Okay, we were talking a tiny bit off air about who do you not want to be in the dressing room with when they've just got out? Do you have a story for us?
1: Yeah, there's probably got a couple to be fair. Um, The best one I actually saw at Yorkshire was Andrew Gale. Mm. So he had been through a lean patch right towards the back end of his career and he got out in the first innings at Taunton and he was usually pretty good and fairly calm when he got out. But I think on this occasion, the great game had got to him a little bit more. (laughs) And he come in and he go, I'm done, I'm done, I can't be doing with this anymore, I'm sick of this game, that's me, I'm finished. Bear in mind, it's only the first innings. Packed his kit bag up, put his kit bag in the bin during the game. <laughs> the kit bag sat in the bin until the next morning when he realised that he had to get it out again because he had to come back second innings. <laughs> but I think the best blow up I've seen has to be Jason Roy in the 100 last year. He is a very passionate bloke about his cricket, as generally you see on the telly. Um, he's obviously a very good player but the first couple of games in the 100 last year he missed out and I think he nicked off first ball and I was 12th man and one of the other lads had left their bottle upstairs in the dressing room so I had to go and go upstairs and and fill it up and and bring it back down but whilst I was up there Jace had nicked off a few of the boys had said that his blow-ups are are quite good so I thought I might just hang around and and have a little listen at this one so in the home dressing room at the Oval the the water fountain's kind of in the far right of of the dressing room and Jace's spot is kind of directly opposite where you come in through the door. So I see him strolling off. I actually stopped filling the water bottle up on the fountain side, an excuse <laughs> to still be in there. And kind of started again as he came in. Jace threw the door open, and next minute it's just that... <laughs> as his bat was cartwheeling across the dressing room into his locker. And I thought, oh, that's a good start. I wonder where he's going to go from here. <laughs> he then proceeded to pick his bat up and smash his locker door to smithereens. i mean there was barely a piece of the door left on its hinges and what was left he ripped off on the end and put through on the floor anyway bearing in mind i'm still getting to know the bloke and i'm stood in the corner of the dressing room just thinking A, i can't laugh (laughs) because if i laugh he's going to come for me next but b how am i going to get out of the dressing room in one piece Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I think they're the two best ones I've seen in my career, in and amongst a lot of other players.
0: It's good to know that it's the same at this level as it is at village level. It's exactly the yeah. same. Just without lockers. We don't have the lockers, yeah. but...
1: But it's the same principle. It's, it's the bench in the changing room. It's yeah. the bat handle that gets smashed on the wall. It's it's exactly the same. That that emotion and that frustration <laughs> of when you get out is second to none. I've still not found anything that's worse than that yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's brilliant. Okay, so talking about blow-ups, I think I would have one in this situation I was lucky enough just to be able to go and watch you guys train just a little while ago and I was watching some of the bowlers I'll, I'll name no names big no balls big, and they're, they're quick enough how do you feel as a batsman in the net what the etiquette there for like they're they're about two yards closer to you
1: well no one likes a net hero do they
0: no. Um
1: we can all bowl off 18 yards in the nets the, the one that gets me in the nets is if somebody just bounces you a lot Mm-hmm. In the nets, mm-hmm. and then balls floaty half follies in a game. That's mm-hmm. the biggest bugbear of a batter, I think, in general. Mm-hmm. Because, as I say, no one likes the net hero. Balls like God in the nets nips it about and bumps you and keeps hitting you. And then in the middle, they just keep bowling throwdowns, a little floaty half follies. Which luckily we haven't really got any of those here. But yeah, it is frustrating sometimes. But in fairness, to the lads they don't really bowl them in the game, so yeah, I can deal with that okay. a little bit.
0: Again, great to know that it's the same at all levels. You know, just. Decrease it by forty miles an hour.
1: It's the same game at any level. There's just more people here. That's all it is. <laughs> it's the same thing.
0: Uh, th- this is this has been so good. All right, I've been asking each guest to describe this one-day squad in just one word. What is your word for us?
1: Probably together. Together. Yeah, oh, that's a nice
0: one. That's nice. I
1: think that the biggest key is to any good team is actually sticking together through the rough times and and enjoying the good times together as a team as well.
0: That's great. Okay, and how we finish off these episodes, people should know by now, it's the Kent Top Six. So this is the top six players that you've played with here at Kent who will try and get a couple of batters, a couple of bowlers, keeper, maybe an all-rounder, but want to take on the rest of the teams that we've had. So hit us with your top six.
1: Uh, can I just have Steve Oh, one one to six?
0: Look, Steve-O's been in every side. Uh, I and he, I'm
1: surprised by that one.
0: Yeah, the absolute legend. Of course, he can be in there, but no, I, I, I must protest. I need another five.
1: Okay. Um, bowlers, I'll use Steve-O as my all-rounder. Yep. So I'll go, I'm going have, to have to have Matt Henry in there.
0: Everyone has Matt Henry.
1: Because he's an absolute jet, but he's an incredible bloke off the field as well. Right. Brilliant guy. I'd Probably have to have Adam Milne in there as well, I reckon. How he, quick was he? Rapid. Yeah. The first time I faced him, I think it was the 2021 season we had um we had a middle practice under lights just to kind of get ready for it. And I was involved in a like a death sort of scenario where there was it sort of last two or three overs and Milne set a field for wide yorkers and the first ball he bowled at me was an, a rapid bumper that almost cleaned me up. <laughs> and it was he was probably as quick as anyone I'd ever faced before. He's, he's a jet, he's mm. so good uh, and then we probably need some batters don't we? Yeah. I'm going to have to put Zach in there I think, mm-hmm. I think people are starting to see Zach's true potential now on the international stage after the Ashes series that we've just had but actually he's a gun white ball player as well and I, I don't think it will be that long before we see him up the top of the order in, in England's white ball formats as well so yeah, that's what's that for? So Steve, uh,
0: you've got your two bowlers Yeah, I guess, do we need a keeper? Know. You need a keeper
1: it's a tight one because there's obviously been some pretty good ones in the last yep. couple of years. I think. Are we playing white or red ball?
0: You know, you're the first person to ask this.
1: Just need a little bit more.
0: Oh, it's the one day cup. We're playing, we're okay. playing white. We're playing white.
1: Uh, I'm probably going to have to go Bilbo then. Yeah, okay. For his international prowess and the way he's played around the world. And also, he's an outstanding keeper. And then we need a batter as well, don't we? Joe, Do you know I'm going to go Deebs. Okay. Again outstanding across all formats
0: that's a great side i think i speak for everyone thank you so much jack for your time that was brilliant hearing some of your stories that's just been cast so thank you so much for your time remember everyone so this will be coming out probably just after the knots game but there are still other games for you to go you get your tickets for so that's tickets.kentcricket.co.uk and remember under 15s tickets are just one pound in the metro bank one day cup so go and get them and support the boys jack Thanks a lot for your time. I've so enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It has been great. Thank you very much. Cheers.